Well, I want you to turn to your neighbour and ask them, what is your shoe size? Now turn to your neglected neighbour and ask them what their shoe size is. All right, how do we go? How do we go? I'm actually a 12. Um, so I am a 12. My shoe size is a 12. I come from good stock. My parents are here. I am a 12. And uh, put your hands up if you're a 9 or above. If you're a US size 9 or above, all right, keep your hands up if you're a 10. Keep your hands up if you're 11, 12, 13, 14. Wow, we have three 13s. Awesome. Well, hey, there is a guy in the world who has a size 26 shoe. It's the largest foot in the world. A size, that's 40, what is it, 40 centimetres? Hang on, I've got to find this. 40 centimetre shoe. You get a Subway 6-inch, uh, Subway 12-inch Sub, that's another half a sub on top of that. That's how big the shoe is. That's huge, hey. His name is, I've got to say this right, Jason Rodriguez. And he lives in Venezuela. He has a 40 centimeter shoe, size 26. So I'm size 12. I don't know, like something like, I don't know, something like that? 40 centimeters? I don't know. It's huge. And I've never seen a photo of the guy, but I love to imagine he's just this like short dude with massive feet. Like he... Imagine the energy that he would have to, like, exert just to lift his feet each day. Like, he's walking around, the intake that that would take. It's, I'm tired just thinking about it. You know, we all want to leave footprints. You know, that guy would leave massive footprints if you saw him walk in the sand. We all leave footprints wherever we go. You know, no matter what size your shoe is, we, we all leave a carbon footprint, you know, we all, the, the, the earth pays a price for our very existence. Like we leave a, a carbon footprint. We leave a genetic footprint. You know, we, if we have kids, we, we leave a genetic footprint behind on this earth. But what impact are we leaving behind that's positive? Like what footprint are we leaving behind that's actually positive in this world? Like we can leave so many things. What has eternal impact? You know, out of everything we do when we're, when we're gone, and people have forgotten our names, will there still be something about our lives that people benefit from? You know, what, what footprint are we leaving behind? You know, if you want to live a large and expansive life, then the way to do that, and to have the greatest footprint, no matter what your shoe size is, to have the greatest footprint is through one simple thing, and that is to live a generous life. As we live a generous life, it not only enlarges our world, but it enlarges the impact that we have, it enlarges the world for other people. And so most people think in order to enlarge your life, you have to hoard things in. Have you ever played the game of Hungry Hippo and you're pressing that button and you're trying to... That's what life feels like sometimes, am I right? Like we have to gather stuff and to live a larger life, I need to have you know, a big house and a car and, and all these things. And, and there's adverts that just throw this in our face. The schooling system is set up with ATAR. Like I sort of felt the pressure that, hey, I need to get a good ATAR so I can get, go to university quick, study something that will earn me lots of money and then I'll be successful. Like that's the lifestyle we're brought into. And so we think to enlarge our world, naturally we think that we need to pull stuff in. But as with many things in the Christian walk, in order to enlarge our life, it's actually about our generosity. It's the opposite of that. It's, it's when we give stuff away that our world becomes bigger. We have a greater impact because we're not just about ourselves, but we're about others. And so as we live a generous life, we actually enlarge our world. Proverbs eleven twenty four, which is our tagline for this series. Um, this is in the message version. It says, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. 
The more generous you are, the larger your world becomes. The more, the more generous, the more we give out, the more we get back in return. You know, that, yeah, that is our tagline for this series. And in the ESV, it says, one gives freely, yet grows all the richer. In the NIV, it says, um, the world of the generous, um, yet gains even more. The more we give, the more we actually receive, the more good things we receive. But it also goes on, the second half of that verse, the opposite is true. It says the world of the rich, uh, the world of the generous gets larger and larger, but the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Man, it was so nice in the first half of that verse, and then I got really convicted in the second half. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. And so when we keep what we have, when we play that game of Hungry Hippo, we try and store things for ourselves, we see that our world gets smaller. You know, the other versions say, in the NIV it says, we come to poverty. In the ESV it says, we suffer want. In the NLT, it says we lose everything. We lose everything when we try to gain it all. Now, I don't want my life to shrink. I don't want my world to shrink. I want to expand it. And so here are, here are four ways, four ways that generosity can enlarge our world. Four ways generosity can enlarge your world. If you're taking notes, now's the time to get sorted. First of all, generosity enlarges your heart. You know, every day at 4 p.m., I get a phone call from an unknown number. <laughs> it's my Muslim friend in Melbourne. He's a telemarketer, and he calls me up every day, and I think it's because I pick up and I actually talk. He knows he can get me on the phone, so he calls me up every day at 4 p.m., and he asks me the, the same questions. He's like, he says, what's your name? Wants to know a little bit about me, and, then, and eventually he gets to the point where he's like, hey, like, what's your financial plan? I said, oh, well, um, I feel really blessed with what God's given me. And he's like, yeah, but like, you know, you want to get more money. You want to you grow your wealth. Like, you want to provide for your family. I'm like, oh, I just feel like God's got me. Like, I just lean back into his grace and serve him and do what I need to do. And, and he's all good. And he's, he's just like, like, pauses for a little bit. He's not sure. He's never had that response before. And, and he's like, keeps coming back to me with these questions. Um, and, and he doesn't, he can't comprehend the fact that, uh, that, I am content in what I have. Like, I, I'm not, like, wanting to grow anything. I'm not wanting to, you know, go on any scheme or go on any crazy investment plan because I know that God will provide for me. I don't need that to provide for me. And so he stopped calling me now. We're no longer friends. But isn't that the way of the world? Like, that's what we get brought up believing, is that we, like, I'm sure every other person who's called would have been like, yeah, okay, like, you know, I want to get more money. Maybe I don't want that scheme, but, yeah, I can agree with the fact that I want to get more money. And that's the way that we're brought up in. That's the, that's the way of the world. In 1 Timothy 6, 9 to 10, and then 17 to 19, it says, people who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap. Everyone say, it's a trap. People who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from their faith and have pierced themselves with many griefs. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor put their hope in wealth, which is, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides for everything for our enjoyment. You know, I know we can spend so much of our Christian journeys, like our journey with God, trying to avoid all these temptations, trying to avoid all these traps, like we can stumble around and, you know, we need to avoid, you know, the, the foolish desires, the harmful desires trap, and then we need to, 
to avoid the, you know, destruction and ruin trapping them. We need to like avoid that thing of wandering from our faith. All right, I need to not wander from our faith, and and then I need to, you know, not be grieved by things. I've got all these, you know, opinions and 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 grievances. I need to not fall into that trap, and I need to keep my heart pure. But you know, we can stumble around on this journey and do our best to avoid these things. But it's actually when we turn the other way and focus on God. We actually see the antidote for this. You know, it says in 1 Timothy 6.10, for the love of money uh, is the root of all kinds of evil. So if the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, then that means that generosity is the antidote. That means that when we're faithfully generous with God, that's the antidote for those traps. You know, when we're generous, um, when we're generous, the, uh, sorry, generosity is the antidote for our foolish desires. Generosity is the antidote for ruin and destruction. Generosity is the antidote from wandering from my faith. If I want strong faith, then it's generosity that will get me there. Generosity is the antidote for my many griefs. Generosity is the antidote for all kinds of evil. You know, from your heart, all things flow. From your heart, all things flow. Imagine if, you know, what was in your heart wasn't wealth or a love for wealth, if it was generosity. What sort of impact would that have? In one... Timothy, in that verse at the end, in 1 Timothy 6, 19, it says, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but put their hope in God, who richly provides with everything we need, with everything for our enjoyment. You know, you hold on to what you hope, hope in. You really, like, hold tight to what you hope in. And so when we hold tight, uh, so when we hope in our wealth, when we put our hope in, in our wealth, we actually end up holding tight to it. Like if that's the thing that's going to give us security, if that's the thing that's going to make us safe, then we, we hold tight to it. We don't live generous lives. We actually try and pull it in because that is our hope. Our wealth is going to see us through recession, COVID, lockdown. That's our hope. If we can just get that, then we're good. But this verse says, whoever... Oh, sorry, I've got to find it. This verse says... But whoever puts their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything we need for our enjoyment, he'll, he'll provide us with everything we need for our enjoyment. So when we put our hope into God, when we hold on to God, we actually get those things that we so desire. You know, when we enlarge our hearts, we enlarge our hearts with joy, that verse says, when we put our hope in God. We actually receive everything we need, who richly provides for our enjoyment, if we put our hope in God. One, uh, sorry, Ecclesiastes 5.10 says, Whoever loves money never has enough money. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with his income. 1 Timothy 6.6 6 says, True godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. In other words, true wealth flows out of a grateful and content heart. If you want to be truly wealthy and secure in this life, true wealth flows out of a grateful and content heart. You know, content... Um, contentment and generosity is true wealth. If you are looking to make some gains in this life, then firstly, get content with what you have. Start, to start with the journey, with gratefulness. Start to be grateful for what God has given you because generosity is the antidote to living an unsatisfied life. You know, if you're unsatisfied in this place, then, then maybe generosity is the antidote. If we, can live, if we want to live a satisfied life, we need to stop the love of money and actually put our hope and shift our, our love into God. You know, the one who blesses, this is Proverbs 11.25, it says, The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who refresh others 
will themselves be refreshed. Hey, if we want to, if we want to journey this out, if we want to do this for the long term, if we want to be refreshed, then we actually have to live a generous life with our time, with our money, with our attention. We need to, we need to be generous with what we have for us to be refreshed. And you know, like this is backed up by research. I love when you know modern science with its, you know, it's amazing and it's great, but it's just backing up what was written two thousand years ago. I find that so funny. It's like, yeah, awesome science. You're only two thousand years late. This is already written, but studies have shown that generosity impacts your health and your happiness. Studies have shown that older people who are generous tend to live, uh, tend to have better health. Other research has indicated spending money on others can be as effective as lowering blood pressure, uh, at lowering blood pressure as medication and exercise. Studies have shown that there is a link between generosity and happiness. Some studies have found that people are happier when spending money on others than themselves, and this happiness motivates them to be more generous in the future. Generosity is also associated uh, with benefits in the workplace, such as reduced, uh, reducing the likelihood of burnout, and in relationships where it is associated with greater contentment and longer-lasting romantic relationships. You know, generosity enlarges your world. The more you're generous, the more you're generous, the more your world is enlarged. Yeah, if we can just be generous, if we can just be generous, then our world will be enlarged. So that's point number one. Point number two is generosity enlarges your faith. You know, the more generous you are, the more you're going to witness the generosity of God and the provision of God coming back to you. You know, like you can never outgive God, like you can never outgive God. Like that's, that's just as simple as it is. Your faith is, built after, uh, your faith is built after you have a backlog of these stories where you've just been generous to other people. And as you've been generous to other people, then God begins to be generous to you. Like if you don't have a need there in the first place, what is there for God to fill? Like we need to be generous if we want to see miracles happen in our financial life. The more generous you are, the greater your faith will grow. And the less generous you are, the smaller your faith will become. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 to 8 and, and verse 11 says, God loves a person who gives cheerfully and God, uh, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. You'll be enriched in every way, not just financially. You'll be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. You know, that was in um, in. Corinthians, and the Corinthians saw in Corinth when they gave generously, they saw miraculous provision being provided for them. You know, when they, when they, when they were generous with what they have, then they found God came back and they actually strengthened their faith. You know, this in turn gave them faith to continue to grow, and as they as they um, continued to grow more generous, um, God's blessing began to flow more and more to them. And a lot of people don't see miracles and miraculous provision of God in their life because, you know, they're not generous with what they have. Like, you, you put your hope in faith, then there's no hope in God for, to provide what you need. And so Matthew 6, um, Matthew 6, 31 to 33 says, Don't worry about these things, saying, What will we eat, and what will we drink, and what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father has, uh, already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. You know, generosity is, is the key that opens the door that invites God's provision into your life. You know, generosity allows you to be the funnel for God to bless other people 
through you. You know, we're vessels of God's blessing. We're vessels of God's glory. As we are generous to other people, that it invites God to actually keep blessing us so we continue to be generous so God can keep blessing us. And that's, that's the cycle that we need to live in. That's the cycle that we're called to. We're invited into this awesome, fruitful, amazing life of generosity to other people so that our faith, in turn, can be strengthened. You know, um, 2019, towards the end of 2019, um, I was working three jobs, like I was working three casual jobs trying to get as much work as I can and I was working hard and they're jobs I didn't really, some of them I liked but some of them sucked and, uh, and I was just trying to make it work financially, like I found it really difficult, Ash and I were just dating at the time and you know more and more throughout that, throughout that last six months of the year we felt the challenge to volunteer, go full time here at Oceans Perth than it was Everlife. Um, and we felt this call. But the thing is, you know, October, November, we were like really praying, really wanting to get married. And at the same time, there was like this tension of our desires and what God had placed on our heart. And we had to manage this tension. And, and you know, we got to December and we're like, all right, that's it. Like we, we went to shave. You know, I'm going to give up my jobs. I'm going to go volunteer full time and just see what happens. And as I did, Shafe was able to meet me with, you know, a day a week. It was, you know, a third of what I earned. But it was still something. I'm like, awesome, like, first miracle, let's go. And, uh, and, but something really strange happened. As I was in that journey, earning less money than I did before, I found managing my finances so much easier. Like, I found, I found my journey with God just so much more fruitful. I, I saw more miracles poured out in my life. We had stories of just, like, anonymous transfers of money into our bank account, um, just random things pop up. And, and, you know, we went into that year fully sacrificed the idea of getting married that year. We're like, all right, we want to get married within a year, but we're just going to put that off. And, uh, and within five months of making that decision, I was able to propose to Ashley. And in, within 11 months, we actually got married with a bigger wedding and just like our absolute crazy over-the-top ideal honeymoon, um, which we, we just still don't know how that happened. Um, but we saw that as we were faithful, as we you know, gave generously, we weren't left empty. Like, you know, it was hard for a bit. Like, we sac- it was a sacrifice. But God actually provided more than what we needed. God blessed us abundantly. And so as a result of that st- step of faith, we saw God's miracles poured out through us. And now our faith is strengthened. We're ready to go even harder. We're ready to go even further. And that will be the same for you as we begin to step out in generosity. Then we begin to grow our faith in God because we see his miracles daily. You know, when you take care of what God cares about, God will take care about God will take care of what you care about. When you take care of what God cares about, He will take care of what you care about. And you will see the miraculous. So that's number two. Number three is God, oh sorry, generosity enlarges your impact. Two Corinthians nine to six says, A farmer who plants few seeds will get a small crop, but a farmer who plants generously will get a generous crop. You know, as we begin to sow, as we begin to, you know, sow generously, we'll actually reap a generous harvest. Like, we'll actually see a generous harvest. What that verse is talking about is not crop, it's people. It's like we'll see a bigger impact in this world. Um, You know, that also works for your crop if you want to take that down, if you're a farmer. Hot tip. You know, we are part of something, you know, big. And the more seed we sow, the more impact we will have. The more seed we sow, the more we generously give out, the more we'll actually see a harvest when we're long gone. 
You know, I, uh, I was a part of a church before this, um, and I was, uh, like, I led the youth ministry there. And, you know, I just faithfully served there for three years. And uh, what was so cool about that, I had no idea what I was doing. We were just, you know, serving God and, and trying to do what we could, and the leadership team were great. We all just served, and we sowed as much seed as we could. And things got, like, pretty big there. Like, it was pretty awesome. We had 350 young people come through those doors in three years. We had a conference that 170 young people showed up at. And we had, like, a core of really solid, like, 30 young people, most of which are still there today. And the cool thing about that is us and the leadership team, we just sowed. We just sowed as much as we could over three years, as good as we could at that time. And as we sowed, now, like, being moved on, being in a different church, being completely removed from that church, but still seeing it grow, the 30 young people that are still there, that are still strong, some of them are leaders, some of them have gone to different youth ministries and leaders there, those 350 that just came through the doors and had one seed of of faith planted in their hearts that, you know, we don't know where they ended up, but we just trust God to grow the seed, we just need to sow it. You know, as we just sowed faithfully, we shared the harvest. There's a harvest as a result of just sowing. We're just a bunch of teenagers that didn't know what we were doing. I was 17, but we just sowed. And as a result, there's been a harvest that's still going. It's still going. It's just going to get bigger. You know, as we begin to sow, the more seed we sow, the more we're just generous with our time, with our money. As we sow into this new church plant that's now two years old, the more we will see a harvest, the greater impact we will have, the bigger legacy that we can leave behind that doesn't you know, everything else we do that we leave behind falls to ruin. Like, it all is going to die. The earth, you know, won't exist one day. Like, that's reality. But there's one thing that will, and that is people's souls. There's one thing we can invest into, and that is people. And as we invest in the people, that's a legacy that nothing else can destroy. Number four, as, a, as we finish up, is generosity enlarges your perspective. You know, 1 Timothy 6, 17 to 19, says, Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will store up treasures as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. You know, let's, as a church, let's invest in the unseen. Let's invest into eternity. You know, we're building up treasures in eternity. There's people that benefit from our generosity, from, from every week we come here and set up and pack down and, and people benefit from what we do. Like that's an eternal benefit that we can give. You know, we're not just sowing into this life, but we're sowing into the next. And through the way we steward our resource here, we're laying a good foundation for the future. You know, Oceans Albany have... Um, uh, about to celebrate their third year of having this brand new facility. And I love that concept because it takes so much effort and so much work to, to build this building. But what I love about that is like, you know, that hard work pays off to future generations. The, the labors and the work they did over years and, and even like, you know, still repaying the mortgage. But as they do, they get to sow, they're sowing into people's futures. They're sowing into the next generation, their kids, their kids' kids. Like it's, it's just going to grow. And the same happens here. As, you know, as we are growing in Ocean's Perth, that we're not just sowing into what's happening here and now, but we are sowing into eternities. We are sowing into our kids. We are sowing into our kids' kids. You know, if you want to see people saved in this world, that is what it takes. It takes a generous life. It takes 
eternal perspective. You know, we need a hope in the seen, in, in, sorry, hope not in the seen, but in the unseen. And trust God to provide everything we need, everything we need in this season. And as we're just generous, we can see that. And we can see in the story of Moses, in the story of Moses, he was surrounded by such wealth, but he was able to be generous and have eternal perspective, not just a temporal perspective, a perspective, but a uh, eternal perspective in Hebrews 11, 25. On this account of Moses, it says, Moses chose to be mistreated along with, uh, with the people of God rather, to, rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as a greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking, for, uh, looking ahead for his reward. You know, Moses generously gave up his life to see people saved to see people freed from slavery. But church, I want to ask you, like as we start off this series, this is just week one, but you know, this isn't meant to be a, hey, you have to, this is an invitation, but will we be the people to give up our lives? Will we be the people? Like it's an invitation. God is calling your name. He's like, hey, I want you to be a funnel. I want to bless people through you. I want to show my glory. Think about how huge and how like, massive the universe is that God created of all the intricate details down to the tiniest atom on my hands. The fact that I can do that, the glory of God is displayed and God is saying, hey, I want to funnel my glory through you. I want to place, you just be an empty vessel. I want to place my glory in you for you to show the world. As we do that with our, with our resources, with our time, with our money, with, with what we bring with open hands, God will begin to bless us even more. We'll, our faith will be strengthened. Our impact will be larger. We'll live larger lives as a result. The Heart for the House, this series is all about eternity. Ultimate treasure, the people in heaven. It's the ultimate treasure. That is our why. So number one, enlarge your heart. Number two, enlarge your faith. Number three, enlarge your impact. And number four, enlarge your perspective. And next week we're sharing um, more details. Actually, really exciting, really, really exciting stuff next week. So be here. It's going to be great. But next week we're going to share more details about, you know, what's happening in Perth, what's happening in Albany. Let me tell you that God is on the move. Um, Let me tell you that, you know, we're going to see people saved. And if we as a church want to see people saved, it actually takes us to be generous. If we want to see co-workers saved, it will happen through our generosity. You know, if we want to see our, our friends, our families saved, have a place where they can call home like Ocean's Church, that will happen as we give generously. God is inviting us to be a funnel, a funnel for His generosity. So let's make the choice to enlarge our world. Let's make the choice, even week one, as we come up, God, I'm open Show me, use me, give me a word. I'm ready to be used by you. Hey, church, let's stand and I'm just going to pray before we go back into some worship. Yeah, God, I just pray that as we start off this series, that it would be a series that results in freedom. It would be a series that results in true whole life, God, that people would be freed from the pursuit of money, God, that we would be willing and available to be funnels for your glory, for your generosity, God? Will there be people saved through what we can give, God? Will there be people saved through our gifts, Father? Lord, will we see our families saved as a result of our faithful generosity, God? Will we see neighbours, communities, new locations, Father? We pray that you would enlarge your kingdom here on earth through us. Father, we just declare right now that we are in this. 
We are in this with you, for you, God. We come with open hands and say, would you use us? Would you use us in 2021 to enlarge your world? Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen.